0: Well, welcome to the Miami Church Podcast. My name is Greg, and I am so glad that you are listening right now. Listen, man, life is hard, but we are here to help you. And so I hope you enjoy today's message. And man, our, our, our real prayer and our real hope is that, that the message today will help you take your next step in your faith journey. Enjoy. You ever go to a, a restaurant, and you, you have such an amazing experience? I mean, the food, the service, the atmosphere, I mean, the whole thing, it's so good. and what, You just can't help but tell your friends and your family, and, and, he, and he say something like this, like, hey, you have to go to blank, and when you go to this place, you have to order the... You're so excited. Well, the, the Apostle John, he, he was an eyewitness to the life of Jesus. And John saw Jesus teach and heal, and he saw Jesus dead and alive, and he, and he saw kindness and compassion and love like he had never seen, like, like he had never experienced. And it was on display right in front of him. And he, ha- he had to tell the story. I mean, just like you, when you when you visit that amazing restaurant, he says, hey, hey, you just have to. You have to know you have to. I want you to experience this. I want you to know. I want you to understand who Jesus is. And John, he left his father's fishing business to follow Jesus because of what he saw. And 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 he's outlived his friends and in fact, he's the last remaining apostle who is alive, and so he documents the story. He writes it down. And John wasn't content just to tell us what happened, he wants to tell us why. In fact, he tells you his purpose in John. 20 verses 30 and 31. He says this. He says, Jesus performed many other signs in front of his disciples that are not written down in this book. But look what he says. These are written so that you may believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God. And if you believe this, you will have life because you belong to him. He's not just telling you to believe. He's he's actually building a case as to why you should believe. Believe what? Believe that Jesus is the Messiah, that Jesus is the Son of God, that He gave His life for you, that Jesus longs to be in a right relationship with you. And then John says, if you do, if you do believe, you will have life because you belong to Him. See, the sequence John lays out is a sequence by which he became a believer, by which he became a follower. And he says there are events which are signs that are evidence Believe that and trust in. He says there are these events that served as signs or signals. And specifically, he's going to say there are seven in the Gospel of John. And these are evidence that Jesus is the Son of God. And I want you to believe that, and I want you to trust in Him. Now, if you're a follower of Jesus John is going to say, hey, the goal here is this this will strengthen your faith, that you'll grow in your confidence of who Jesus is, that you'll trust in, that you'll go all in with your life and experience the life he's called you to live. If you're exploring and you're not sure, I mean, maybe you just don't know what to think or what to believe about Jesus. You're in the right place at the right time because John is saying, hey, these stories are signs, they're signals, they're evidence that Jesus is who He says He is. And my passion and my prayer is that you will believe that, that you will trust, that you will go all in, that you will make Jesus the leader of your life and be baptized and you'll start following Him because Jesus wants to do life with you and He has an amazing plan for your life. So let's jump into the first sign from the Gospel of John. It's in chapter 2. And there's so many amazing things that are happening in this story. I want you just to notice a few of these with me. John chapter 2, beginning in verse 1. Here's what he writes He says, On the third day, there was a wedding, and it took place at Canaan in Galilee. Jesus' mother was there, and Jesus and the disciples had also been invited to the wedding. And so John is setting the scene. It's a wedding. Now, again, in the first century, weddings were were different. They were huge parties that would go on for days. And so Jesus is there with his disciples. His mother is there. And I just want you to notice the level of detail. Again, John is writing this as an eyewitness. Look what he says in verse 3. He says that when the wine was gone, Jesus' mother said, they have no more wine. Well, dear woman, why are you telling me about this? Jesus replied. The time for me to show who I really am isn't here yet. His mother said to the servants, do what he tells you. I love that. He says, hey, dear woman, why are you telling me this? The time for me to show who I am isn't here yet. (laughs) I love that. It's like, uh, uh, okay, like, why are you telling me? It's not my problem. (laughs) I have this joke that I do with my kids. I don't know if they think it's a joke, but they'll they'll come to me like, daddy, my toy is dead. The, The battery doesn't work. And I'll respond like this. Well, it sounds like a personal problem. It's like Jesus is saying, hey, Mom, I've come to save the world. I've not come to save weddings or wedding hosts who don't make a good plan. This isn't how I was planning to go public. It's not very Messiah-like. Dear woman, why are you telling me this? I love what he says. The time for me to show who I really am isn't here yet. Now, let's slow down for a minute because the implications here are huge. Because this says something about Jesus, but it also says something about you and about me. Now, I know in certain belief systems and religious systems that Mary is exalted to superhuman status. But God's word says that Mary is really just a normal person just like you and me, who surrendered her life to God. And because of that, God did supernatural things through her. And that same supernatural power is available to you, and it's available to me. So look what happens in verses 3 and 5. Jesus listens, and, and by his listening, it demonstrates that we can influence his heart. I mean, this has massive implications on the way that you pray. I mean, I read a recent study that said that 79% of people in the United States pray, especially when they're in trouble. But many times prayer is more like a list for Santa than it is for a prayer to the creator of everything. See, if you really believe that you could influence the heart of God, I mean, how would it change the way that you pray? How would it change the way that you believe? I love what she said here. Mary says, just do what he tells you. Just do what he tells you. I mean, could following Jesus really be that simple? You know, one of the core values at Miami Church is Bible engagement. I mean, we have this huge passion for helping you engage the Bible, engage God's Word. In fact, one of our core beliefs is that if you are a follower of Jesus, the Holy Spirit indwells you, which means God is in you, and He's guiding you, He's speaking to you, and that one of the primary ways that God speaks to you is through His Word, through Bible engagement. It's why we're encouraging you to read through the Gospel of John, two times between now and And so what does it look like to slow down and engage God's word together? See, I believe he'll speak to you that he will prompt you. And could following Jesus be as simple as just do what he says? Do what he tells you. In fact, as we read the Bible together, we have three questions or kind of key questions. Like, hey, what is God saying to you? What are you going to do about it? And who are you going to tell? I mean, just do what He tells you. John continues, verse 6. He says that there are six stone water jars stood nearby, and and the Jews used the water from from that kind of jar for these special washings. And they did this to, to make themselves pure and clean, and each jar could hold 20 to 30 gallons. Look at the detail here. And Jesus said to the servants, Fill the jars with water so that they're filled to the top. And, and he told them, that now dip some out and take it to the person in charge of the dinner. And they did what he said. And the person in charge tasted the water that had turned into wine. And he didn't realize where, where it had come from, but the servants who brought him the water, they knew what he says. He says, the person in charge called the groom to one side and he said, he said to him, verse 10, Everyone brings out the best wine first. They bring out the cheaper wine after the guests have had too much to drink. But you have saved the best until now. See, Jesus and his disciples, they're at this wedding, and and they run out of wine. And running out of wine might seem like a minor problem in the grand scheme of life. But in first century Palestine, it would have resulted in public shame. And Jesus performs a sign. No one's healed. No sick person is made well. No deceased person is cured. No one is raised from the dead. In fact, I love the fact that the first sign of Jesus recorded in the Gospels, it's not about saving a life. It's about saving face. It's about retaining respect. It's about avoiding humiliation. See, this reveals the the heart of God. It reveals how much God cares about the minute details of our lives, about how much God cares about the minute details of your life. See, God is not great because nothing is too big. God is great because nothing is too small. If if it's a big deal to you, it's a big deal to God. I remember this summer, I misplaced a set of keys. They They were actually a set of keys that belonged to a friend. And I was so frustrated with myself for misplacing the keys. Have you ever been there? And and one of my first thoughts when I couldn't find the keys was to pray. God, can you help me find these keys? Now, is that ridiculous? I mean, doesn't God have bigger things that he's concerned about than, than a misplaced set of keys that didn't really matter that much? I mean, some of you are struggling with cancer. I mean, there's wars and... There's fighting, there's racism, there's injustice, there's refugees who have no place to call home, there's young girls who are caught up in sex trafficking. I mean, God cares deeply about these things. But here's the thing, and this is what makes our God so amazing, is that He cares about the minute details of your life. He cares about the mundane aspects of your life. And if you didn't feel loved this morning, you should feel loved right now. Because if Jesus will perform a sign to help some bozo who was cheap and who did not buy enough wine for a first century wedding party, how much more do you think he cares about you? When was the last time you experienced That kind of love. Maybe you can feel and understand. Why John is so fired up. Why the passion of John just just comes through his writings in the gospel. Because he saw and experienced and felt something he had not felt before. And he's saying, listen, God is not distant. God is not uninvolved or or unaware or uncaring of you and of your circumstances and of the mundane parts of your life. Quite the opposite. He cares about the minute details of your life. Life. Does, it, does any of you like Legos? My kids are like really into Legos, and uh, I stole uh, this out of my kids' rooms. And uh, this is uh, just a, a simple uh, Lego with, uh, with eight studs. Do you know how many combinations you can create with six of these bricks? Again, six of these are just eight studded Lego bricks. You think you could guess? Well, here's the answer on the screen. 915,103,765. I almost can't even say that number. It's, It's hard to believe, isn't it? In much the same way, I think sometimes we grossly underestimate how God who is able to do immeasurably more than all we could ask or imagine. I mean, think about this. Six Lego bricks, six stone jars. So six stone jars filled to the brim with 30 gallons of water. A gallon of water is roughly 8.31 pounds. So 30 gallons is roughly 250 pounds. So six stone waters, that's about 1,500 pounds of water. And he turns all of this into wine. Not wine, but Fine wine. Now, if my math is correct, that's about 750 bottles, 2.4 pounds of grapes per bottle. That's about 1,800 pounds, almost a ton of grapes, and hundreds of chemical compounds. Jesus took the simplest element on earth, H2O, and turned it into something beautiful and colorful and flavorful. Here's the good news. Here's the great news. Jesus cares so much more about you than he does about wine, even fine wine. Jesus cares so much more about you. Look what he says, verse 11. John says that what Jesus did at the wedding in Canaan and Galilee was the first of his signs. And Jesus showed his glory by doing this sign, and his disciples believed in him. Again, we're going to look at all seven, but this is the first sign. And it pointed, the sign pointed to something. It pointed to someone. And the disciples and the ones that were there, they did not fully understand it until later, but it revealed his glory. And John says, this is evidence. This is a sign. This is pointing to Jesus, that he is the son of God and that he came for you and he came for me so that we can be in a right relationship with God and that we can live and experience the life He's called us to live, not just in heaven, but right now. And John says that, that His disciples believed. And there was a reason to believe. And then John wraps up the story with verse 12. And I love this. I love the details. He says that after this, Jesus went down to Capernaum. His mother and brothers and His disciples went with Him. And He says that they all stayed there for a few days. And so it began. And unlike John, our faith does not come by seeing. Our faith comes by hearing. See, John saw, but we get to hear. And see, we are invited to believe what happened based on the testimony of of eyewitnesses, those who were there, people like John who saw it with their own eyes. And remember what John said, John 20. Verse 30 and 31. He said, Jesus performed many other signs in front of his disciples that are not written in this book. There there are other things that happened. I couldn't write it all down. But I wrote these down for you. These are written so that you, so that you may believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God. And that you will believe this. He says, you will have life because you belong to him. He's not telling you just to believe. Friends. He's building a case as to why you should believe. Believe what? Believe that Jesus is the Messiah, that Jesus is the Son of God, and that Jesus gave His life just for you and that He's pursuing you and wants to be in a right relationship with you. And John says, friends, if you do, If you do believe, he says, oh, you will have life because you will belong to him. It is abundant and full life beyond what you could ever see or imagine. So there's these events that are signs that are evident so that you can believe that and trust in Jesus. Thanks so much for listening today. We would love to hear from you. You can always reach out to us on our social media channels or send us an email at at helloatmiamichurch.com. Also, be sure to subscribe because you don't want to miss out on any future conversations. I hope our time together inspired you to take your next step in your faith journey.